So hello and and welcome to Highways to the Past, a new podcast all about archaeological excavations taking place on the proposed National Highways A48 Black Cat to Caxton Given project. Over the next few months, we'll be digging deeper into an intriguing site in central Bedfordshire. From roundhouses to Roman beer, we'll be talking about what archaeologists have found, meeting some of those involved, and discovering how we are gradually building a picture of life 2,000 years ago. But before we get into that, maybe we should just start by introducing ourselves. Yes, that's probably a good idea. I'm Caroline Barry-Smith. And I'm Andrew Henderson-Schwartz. And we are part of the communications and engagement team at MOLA Archaeology. Our MOLA colleagues in the field, alongside Cambridge Archaeological Unit, have been working on the current dig site, which has been given the catchy name of Field 44. To give you a better sense of where this is all happening, Field 44 is a few miles south of the Cambridge town of St Neots and northeast of Bedford. Although we are keeping the exact location a secret whilst work is still going on. Now I think at this point it's worth saying Caroline that it's been quite a while since uh, either of us have done any digging ourselves. So in many ways we're going to be learning um, as much as you the listeners are over the course of this series. To help us on this journey, each episode we're going to be joined by a number of experts who each play a different and important role in building our understanding of the past. In this first episode, we're going to try and set the scene about the work going on at Field 44 and get a sense of what this site is all about, why it's being excavated and how significant it is. And we've already gone against advice on good podcasting, which is to record in a quiet setting Both Caroline and I are actually currently perched in a cabin recording this at the site itself. So if you do hear any background noise, sound of digging, people talking... The occasional sheep... Yeah, exactly. Don't think that we've added these in as sound effects. We're hopefully trying to bring you as close as possible to the action um, from wherever you're listening from. Right, I think that's enough from us. Should we get this underway, Caroline? Yes. Let's get this show on the road, so fasten your seatbelts, start your engine, and join us as we journey into the past. We're delighted to be joined now by, by MOLA project manager Gary Brogan, um, who has been overseeing the team working on site. Gary, thanks for joining us. Um, just to kind of introduce yourself to our listeners, um, just tell us what your role on the project is. Yeah, as you say, I'm, I'm the manager um, for MOLA, so um, I'm responsible for making sure that the excavation happens, that our work happens on time, that we have all of the resources that we need, all the right archaeologists are there, all the tools are there. I speak to all the different people involved in the project, from our specialist that we use to um, our client, um, uh, Skanska. So when I arrived at site today, I mean, it was freezing cold. There's a lot of mud and it's sticky mud. I mean, that's what I found on site. But um, from an archaeological perspective, um, what have you found at this site? It's a very exciting site. And um, what we have is a big farmstead that first started in the Middle Iron Age 
Now that's around about 350 BC to about 50 BC. It survives as a farm right through the Iron Age period into when the Romans arrive in Britain. Um, and in this part of the, the country they arrive around about 50 AD. So um, it goes right through the Roman period until about 400 AD when it's finally abandoned. So Gary, I know there's been also some really interesting individual artefacts that have been found on this site. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about those? Yeah, we've had some some lovely artefacts from the site. Uh, um, some very large objects such as millstones, which are used for grinding um, wheat and corn and other foodstuffs. Um, we've also found some imported Roman pottery wares, some nice table wares, which are um, Samian pottery which is a very orange pottery and a high status for, for using on the dinner table and we've we have found um, some brooches. And have you found anything unusual? Um, have there been any surprises? One of the big surprises on this site is that um, we have uh, archaeological layers. Now that's quite unusual in um, a, 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 a site in a field because most of them are ploughed away so all we're left with is the very bottom of the site but here we've actually got some layers um, surviving we have, have found some nice objects we found a very small Iron Age pot um, very tiny thing about the size of a thumb um, we're not sure yet what that was used for but uh, I hope the specialist will tell us that egg cup <laughs> <laughs> when you say uh, we've found layers and you don't normally find layers why would that uh, what, why is this case uh, significant or different to a normal field site uh, it provides us with the um, opportunity to uh, understand the sequence of the history of the site which we don't normally have on these sites in fields because as I say, they're, um, they're often ploughed, um, whereas here we have a part of the site where we have um, these soils that were built up in the Roman period, so the Roman soils, and we've got an opportunity to look at all the finds and the, the, where the finds have been dropped through all the different periods. Um, uh, also provides us an opportunity to look at um, uh, where different activities happen on site by looking at the soil chemistry um, we can tell if animals might have been stabled in a part of the site. Um, these are all things that are, are harder to harder to do when sites have been um, predominantly ploughed away. And uh, with all this, so you, you have your, your settlement and it develops into a, a Roman settlement from, a, from an Iron Age one and you have all these artefacts and, and so on. What methods have you used to work this all out? Yeah, so it's so quite a long process to get to a, the full excavation. And we start by uh, using mechanical excavators to strip away all the topsoil off the site. And what that does, and then we get down to the, the level where the archaeology is. And um, we plan the site, we map the site, we, we, so we draw it so we can see where it is. And then we have a meeting and we discuss what we need to do. And then we excavate certain parts of it. And we then collect all of the finds, work out the sequence of this, the history of the site so we know which... Um, parts of it are earlier and which parts are later um, and, and part of all this process in, during all this time we use lots of other people they come in and help specialists come and help we have specialists in in pottery that can provide us with dates for the pottery so we know what period that the part of the site was and uh, we have specialists in um, soil science that can come and tell us what was um, what, what the soil chemistry was like um, and what activities might have been going on in that part of the site 
And we also have um, specialists that can tell us about the environment by looking at um, samples that we take of the soil, which, which tell us what grains were being grown around the site, what cereals were being grown, what um, the landscape was like and what the pollen was like, whether it was trees around or fields. And, and this is all within the time of you're actually doing the digging, or is, is this a, a long and continuous well, process? It's a long and continuous process. Much of what I've just said is when we do the digging. But we also um, do a lot of the analysis of those soil samples after we finish the excavation. So although we do, we do understand a lot of it when we are doing the, the, the field work, we get a better understanding when we finish and we get all the analysis back from all these specialists who look at all their um, samples and come and tell us what was, what was going on. And you mentioned there that, that uh, part of this process involves scientific analysis and that might potentially surprise people to hear in, in terms of archaeology. Is this something that, that normally happens during an excavation? Yes, yeah, we use a lot of science in archaeology and um, it's, it's a very useful uh, tool for us in um, providing lots of information. We, can, um, we use radiocarbon dating where we can date organic materials such as um, wood, cereal grains or leather and that provides us with a date for that object. Um, and also then it provides us with a date of um, the, the, the where we found that object as well. If it was from a building, we can, it helps us date the building or, or, or a, a part of the other part of the site. So you've been digging on site for quite a while now, um, but what happens next when, when the field team have left and the site is closed? Well, the work continues. It just continues back at the office and in the, um, and in the laboratories. Um, so uh, we will produce a report on the um, on the excavations and um, as part of that report we we have lots of specialists in, inputting giving us their um, uh, reports on all the, all aspects of the material that we found from the the, the, the pottery the animal bones um, you know the, the tiles that we found on and everything that we find gets reported on um, gets analyzed um, we produce site drawings to go in the reports. So there's an awful lot of work that can, that continues um, after the field work is finished. So I guess, I guess we should view archaeology as a as a two part process rather rather than just digging and that's it. Yes, that's completely right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So the the field work is the muddy part, um, and the and the, the the report writing and post excavation is. Uh, often fills in a lot of the details that we don't understand on the site um, and it provides us with the, the, the final um, idea about what the site was. And uh, we have a final question that we're asking everybody on the podcast series. Um, what's the best thing about being an archaeology? The best thing about being an archaeologist, I think, is that you never quite know what you're going to find. No two days are the same and you never know what the next shovel load of soil is going to bring up. So, listening to Gary speak there, I mean, people often say, Surely there's no archaeology left to be found, but clearly there are still big unanswered questions about British archaeology that, that we can answer. 
there's definitely um, lots of gaps that still need to be filled and they're all the, the questions we ask I think in archaeology they're not they're not countrywide answers that, that that cover all bases you know watching Gary come alive and say you know we found this and we found the other and we've never seen this before and and the question that you know all archaeologists get have you found anything interesting today or you found anything interesting yet there's definitely still a good it's still a good question to answer because the answer is most probably yes yeah, and something else that, that struck me from listening to Gary is actually that our definition of what is interesting is expanding all the time. So these new scientific techniques that they're using, so radiocarbon dating um, and analysing soil samples means that even the actual earth that we're walking on is interesting now, not just shiny gold objects and trinkets that previously we would have been hunting for. Absolutely, and it's, it's the day-to-day items, isn't it? I mean, as much as something, uh, sort of gold or some goblet or something, is, is, it's great and you, you see it on, I don't know, Laura Croft or you see it with, I can't remember his name, Indiana Jones, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gold is um, something that's always given precedence, but actually these days what everybody gets excited about is the little pot they found or the the hand axe or the coin and imagining what somebody would have been using that for and why it was dropped. Well, I guess that speaks to the kind of wider purpose of archaeology is actually showing human connection and showing how we can relate to people who lived in our local area in the past um, and not just looking at differences, but also how we share similarities and how actually our way of life Um, still harks back to certain elements of of the past. To get a better sense of how Field 44 fits into the bigger picture of the archaeology of the region and the wider proposed National Highway Scheme. We are joined now by Steve Sherlock, National Highways Archaeology Lead, and Hannah Firth, Archaeologist for Central Bedfordshire Council. Great, well thank you so much both for joining us on on the podcast today. Um, So to start off with, it would be just great to know a bit about what your what your roles on this project are. So maybe Steve, if we can we can start with you on this. Hi there. My role is to provide archaeological advice to National Highways uh, and devise a strategy for the excavations that we need to undertake for this project. Great. And what about you, Hannah? I am the archaeologist for Central Bedfordshire Council. So I um, basically look after the historic environment um, for the local planning authority and and the council as a whole. And um, Hannah, could I ask, uh, why is this site being excavated? It's uh, one of a number of sites that have been identified through evaluation within the route of the proposed A428 road scheme. Um, And um, it is slightly unusual because uh, we are actually excavating it now in advance of that happening. Uh, But that is to do with the fact that we need to uh, move some utilities, um, uh, the gas pusher mine 
has to move um, before the, the road construction can actually start. So we're, we're in the fortunate position that we've agreed to do this site um, in, in advance so they can they can move the gas main, basically. Uh, so I was wondering why Field 44 first and not Field 1. Yes, yeah. no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, guess, I guess, Steve, from, from your perspective, um, from National Highways, kind of what... What are the what are the aims of doing excavation um, as as part of the national highway scheme? Well, we have a responsibility to record the historic environment and uh, fully understand any any features, any things that may may be along the route of the road. It's part of a wider obligation. We look after the, the environment, the, the the wildlife and habitats and things, as well as the archaeology. So it, it's a broad responsibility, and we're focusing today on the archaeology. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's really interesting. I guess a lot of our listeners might not be aware of the role that archaeology plays in these type of projects. So what's the? can you talk us through a bit what the process for carrying out these types of excavations is? We... At the start of the, the planning process, we have to do a considerable amount of research, background background searches to understand what the evidence there is for the historic past along the long, along the route of the road, and we then dis- commence a strategy of how we can excavate or understand the, these sites and see if our road is going to affect and alter the significance of any of these sites. And um, okay, this is a, a question I think every archaeologist gets on every day throughout their entire career. Have you found anything interesting? But on, on a serious note, between the early surveys and the actual excavations, um, Hannah, have there been any surprises? I don't think there have. I would say there have been any surprises. Um, we we were very fortunate with this site um, as Caesar. In the very early stages, we did lots of evaluation work. We knew, if you like, we were able to map on the ground um, the sort of extent of this using using the non-intrusive geophysical survey first. Um, but I think for me, it's the fact that the site has um, has actually been more complicated and and in that sense more interesting uh, than I than I anticipated. It just turned out to exceed my expectations in terms of the niceness. And I think my favourite part of the site is what we refer to as the dry valley, but it's actually very wet, um, and that's because it is um, it's a natural feature that was used throughout the life of this site. But for us as archaeologists, what's really exciting about that is it means that it has, for example, preserved some wooden objects that you wouldn't get on a normal archaeological site. And we're going to have some um, really nice environmental evidence. So we know what the environment was like in, in the Iron Age and in the Roman period. We maybe know what crops they were growing. And it's just great to see your face light up when you talk about it. So even though the atypical stuff is... It, it, it's it, not a surprise. It's still exciting and lovely to find. And for for you, Steve, is that is that the same? There haven't been any surprises for me because one of the reasons we're excavating the site is we knew that it would be had the potential to be spectacular. We knew this was a site that could be key to our understanding of the whole of the, this route, and that there, there was some good archaeology here, which wasn't going to be done in three days. It was going to take time and need detailed investigation which is another of the reasons we're doing it in advance so no surprises but great results that's great to hear I guess that that leads me kind of back into uh into a question for you Hannah as as someone who has 
kind of oversight of a lot of the archaeology of this region. How how significant is Field 44 in terms of that that wider context of the archaeology of, of, of Bedfordshire and, and beyond? For us in, in Central Bed, um, it is in this part because we haven't had a lot of investigation um, and on this type of geology um, it is significant because it's one of the most it's going to be one of the most complete excavations that we've had um, for some time of this part of, this part of Bedfordshire really. And Steve how is this site informing the rest of the archaeological program on the A428? Well this site is, is important because the discoveries we make here at this early point can be key in our understanding of the rest of rest of the sequence because it's a site that straddles both the Iron Age and the Roman period. The samples and the environmental evidence that we collect here can give us good clues for what we should be looking for and help us to answer questions as the excavations go on. So the things we're learning in 2022 we can apply as lessons for the excavations we're doing later in 2022 and into the following year. So if we, as we start to understand the Iron Age at this particular location and its relationship to the Roman period, we can say people are working together, collaborating, they're growing certain crops, for example. Are they doing that on other sites? Can we adapt? Can we learn from what we're getting at this site and think not just at the growing crops, what type of crops? And, and from answer questions and then lead on to other, other pieces of information. So we can gain so much from this site that will inform our, our future work. And looking forward to the rest of the excavations, I mean, this is field 44, but all the fields, you know, up to field number 43 and field 45 and beyond, are they going to be as rich and give you as much information as you're looking for compared to this site? They will pr probably provide different information. So as I was suggesting earlier, from what we learn here, we'll be, we'll be able to build on, on our knowledge. And next time, we may not find as many pieces of pottery or as many pieces of bone, but it may tell us something about the species that the, the of animals are being bred, the, the types of pottery that are being traded from the pottery kiln here, where they're selling it, where they're trading it. So in field 43, we'll see if they've got any of the pottery that we were making here. And so, and so we'll start to learn from what we've got here and adapt to and build on that throughout the rest of the project. So I guess it's exciting to think there are plenty more discoveries to be made on these projects then. In, in, indeed, this is just the, the start of the, of the project. This is only the second major excavation we've un, undertaken on, 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 this, on this scheme, the second one we've done this year, indeed. And so, but over the, co the coming year, uh, as things develop, we, we will find more. So, Steve, um, if you could maybe just talk us through a bit what the, what the next steps for the archaeology of Field 44 is and, and indeed for the, for the wider programme. We've got a couple more weeks' work to investigate these deeper features that we've just exposed since, since Christmas. Start to do the analysis of the finds, start to clean and wash some, some of the things we've got and start to see the detail on them for the first time, see how they've been, start to think about how they've been made. We'll, we'll then start to think about the other excavations that we plan to do in, in 2022 because this is the first of what we hope to be an exciting sequence of excavations and investigations into the history of Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire along the route of the A428. Great stuff. And I guess a final question for you, which we're, we're asking to, to all of our contributors on this podcast, is just quite simply, what, what is the best thing about being involved in archaeology? Maybe we'll start with you, Hannah. 
gosh, that's a really, really difficult uh, question to ask. But I think for me, um, it's the only job that I have ever done. So I don't know, um, I don't know how to do anything else. But I think it's because the past um, and history shaped so much of our current lives. And I think we can learn a lot of lessons about the future as well from it. Great. And what about yourself, Steve? I would endorse Hannah's point that it's really exciting to be making discoveries, be involved in processes like this, where we can find out about the past, which has always intrigued and excited me, but then to present the exciting results from these investigations to the public and to show the, the fantastic finds that are just beneath their feet on their doorstep and in the environment around Bedfordshire. So when I arrived at site today, um, some of the uh, non-archaeological site supervisors were, were chatting with me and we were, we were talking about archaeology and they said, you know, do, do you have to do this for every site? So even if like you're building a, a, a housing estate, would you have the archaeologists in? And it was interesting because they never really knew or understood that there is an intrinsic relationship between regular commercial infrastructure and archaeology they do fit together and they fit together in in so many different ways in so many different circumstances and this is a great example of how working with national highways archaeology is a a great complement yeah i think that's right caroline and what also really struck me was just how much we understand about the past before putting the first shovel into the ground so all the all the surveys and other techniques that we use Um, help us build a kind of general understanding of what we're likely to find and then the actual excavation helps to add colour and more depth to that understanding. Yeah absolutely and I thought that it was with this site in particular I remember being shown the area on Google Maps and straight away you can actually see some slight marking, some slight shading and it almost um, draws you in and at that point it's like wow what could there be? I know there's something But what is it? We don't know until we start excavating. And with that, we want to give a huge thank you to each of our guests and to you for listening in. Next time, we'll be learning more about what it's like to work as an archaeologist at Field 44 and how you go about excavating a site on this scale. We hope you'll join us, but until then, I've been Andrew Henderson-Schwartz. And I've been Caroline Barry-Smith. And you've been joining the journey on Highways to the Past. Archaeological excavations on the A428 are part of the proposed National Highways Black Cat to Caxton Gibbet Improvement Scheme, managed by Skanska. This 17km project aims to improve journeys between Milton Keynes and Cambridge, bringing communities together and supporting long-term growth in the region. You can follow the journey at nationalhighways.co.uk, on Facebook at A428BlackCat or on Twitter at A428CAT. Highways to the Past is led by staff from Mola Archaeology. 
It is produced by Catherine Newton and features cover artwork designed by Tracy Wellman.